I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here until 11. Feel free to get online. 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. I know it's going to be a nice Saturday morning, and you're going to want to get out there and do some yard work. And uh, But we're here to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Plenty of concerns out there when it comes to the IT world, and uh, we do appreciate you guys being here. We're also broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page, so go ahead and check that out over at uh, WTIC if you want to check out Bob and I. If you want to have, post any comments or what have you on the uh, on the Facebook page. We'd appreciate it. We'll try to get some of your questions answered there as well. And there's a great community building where they're actually answering people's questions on the Facebook page with each other, which is kind of nice. So as usual and customary, Bob, we have news that we go over. What'd you got for- Oh uh, my God. <laughs> you got a lot, huh? Yeah, it's a big week. Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't get through all I could have, but you know, yeah. it takes time to go through all this. But anyway, anybody out there want to buy a 2021 Ford F-150 pickup? I wouldn't know what to do with it, but <laughs> I'm not that handy. Well, a lot of people like to buy trucks. Even sure. People oh, yeah. here at Tabs, there's more and more pickup trucks showing up in the parking lot all the time, it That's seems true. like. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, Ford announced it's building the trucks without essential components and holding them due to the ongoing chip shortage. Oh, boy. America's best-selling vehicle faces some turbulence as Ford announced Friday it won't be shipping the new F-150 pickup trucks directly to dealers. Instead, due to the semiconductor chip shortage, Ford will build the trucks and hang on to them until it receives necessary components to complete production. Oh, boy. Okay. These include computers and electronic modules necessary for the vehicle to function. Yep. You know, today, if the computer fails on your truck... You're done. It's done, and those things aren't cheap. Oh, my goodness. So once Ford gets the chip it needs, chips it needs, it will complete production, perform quality checks, and ship them out to dealers. Yep. If you have any idea how the vehicle production works, you know this change is a very clunky process, albeit a necessary one, that will cost the automaker a whole lot of time and cash. Right. The company added it's also applying this process to the Ford Edge, though the F-150 is certainly going to hurt the most, the Ford Escape, 
Lincoln Corsair production is also offline until the coming, this coming Monday due to chip-related shortages. Wow. The semiconductor chip shortage has left no automaker unaffected, from Tesla to General Motors and beyond. Mm -hmm. Chips have become a hot commodity. GM specifically said it plans to build Chevrolet Silverado and GMC Sierra pickups without a fuel-saving system called Dynamic Fuel Management. Hmm. Without chips to make the system function, trucks with the 5.3-liter V8 engine will see a minor drop in fuel economy, about oh one mile per gallon. And so, as we, I said but, off air, I think it'll probably be more than that. <laughs> <laughs> chip shortage is a big problem these days, big problem. Hopefully that gets uh, corrected. In other news, so Microsoft, you know, you heard me rant last week about Microsoft and all their fun they were having with Exchange, and then, of course, their blue screen of death issues, and then they re they released more patches, and you got black screens of death. Thank you, Microsoft, so much. <laughs> blue screens of death, black screens of death, Exchange holes that are 10 years old. Thank you so much, Microsoft. Well, of course, Monday, if you guys are on the cloud, Microsoft apologizes deeply for the worldwide Azure and Teams outage, which hit you guys on Monday, 14 hours of outage, thanks to Microsoft. And they understand how incredibly impactful and unacceptable this is, and they apologize deeply, uh, Microsoft said in a post-incident review report on the outage. And it had to do with a result of authentication errors. Thank you, Microsoft, across multiple Microsoft Cloud services. They're continuously taking steps to improve the Microsoft Azure platform and our process to help ensure such incidents don't occur in the future. And if they do, they'll apologize deeply for them. <laughs> um, you know, the one thing about Microsoft, and, and you know, obviously our livelihood has been part of Microsoft. I mean, we started off as a Novell, a Novell shop and an OS2 shop, which had nothing to do with Microsoft until they gave away the software. And you can't really compete with free. And uh, so we end up with Microsoft. And, you know, obviously Bob and I's livelihood is all dependent upon that. But you know what? They've been killing us in the past couple of weeks. Literally, if you add COVID and everyone working from home, uh, we have a rather large client base uh, over a, almost a 9,000-seat footprint. And if everyone goes home, Bob, everyone works from home for the whole year, they're sitting in their, you know, in their sweatpants in their living room on their computer, connecting back to the office or connecting to whatever they're doing. They're all individual companies. So you take a, a footprint of, you know, many hundreds of, of foot, uh, systems that we support out to many thousands because everyone's got their own little problems in their own little home networks. The help desk is just buried in tickets with all these problems. And then Microsoft releases updates that causes blue screens of death. And there's nobody in the office because they're all working from home, so they can't nudge their buddy and say, hey, how come my printer's blown up? I don't know. There's nobody to talk to. It's, it's, you add COVID, you add the blue screens, and you add they're deeply sorry. Do you see anything in the news, Bob, about Microsoft apologizing to IT guys? They literally <laughs> owe us. I mean, we have implemented so much Microsoft for Microsoft to create a trillion-dollar company, and they're killing us, literally. Well, you know, they, they did tell us that, you know, we're so busy that uh, you guys are on your own. They did. Yeah, we're a gold partner, whatever that's worth. And the turnaround times on support are supposed to be within an hour. They measure it in days now over at Microsoft. There's, Maybe. Yeah, if you're lucky. So, so it's like you're on your own, and we deeply apologize. And they, But they haven't sent that to us. You know, all I'm asking for them is to you know, think about your geeks in the field, man. Help us out. Apologize to us. We're the guys out there taking the heat. Well, you know, how about uh, testing their fixes before they 
blow blow up every system out there. Well, speaking of that, Microsoft updated Windows 10 again to fix that printer problem that produced the blue screen of death. They're releasing two emergency patches to fix printing. Oh, great. What's going to happen on Monday, Bob, do you think? You know, <laughs> what kind of blue screen are we going to get thanks to the emergency patches? It's not Monday. I'm worried about it. It's Tuesday. Yeah. So, well, yeah, the fix is the BSOD problems rolled oh, out wow. on March 15th. And Bleeping Computer has got a good report on a second emergency patch that is available to fix the layout problems. So their, their fix for the blue screen of death stopped the blue screen but still screwed up your printer. So when you printed out the material, it wasn't formatted right. What you see was not what you got. <laughs> Thanks, Microsoft. You know, um, we can't make this up. No, you can't. And and again, I might sound a little flustered about it, but it's it's literally. I was telling one of my clients. I mean, it's like if every Subaru you sold got an update and nobody could start the car all at the same time. How would you? How would your service department handle that? <laughs> How would it handle it? Or it's like all, it's like everybody forty five and over trying to get online to get a COVID shot. Guess what? That's hard to do. Well, that ain't happening. Refresh, 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 <laughs> refresh, refresh. So, it's Microsoft literally with with what they're doing. Either they're not testing, they're not doing their due diligence. I mean, a ten year hole out there. Clearly, they're not poking at their stuff to make sure there's not holes like this. Well, they got notified though when it was found, and they decided to. Not fix it right well, away. Well, right, right away. There was a three-month lag on that, and somehow the cat got out of the bag, and the bad guys found out about the hole before they were able to patch it, which is not how bug bonnets are supposed to work. But it's it's getting nuts out there. So did you have anything else you want to bring up, Bob, as far as the news goes? Oh, man. <clears throat> I mean, your TV doesn't take a week to mute it. But maybe it will if it's running Microsoft. <laughs> you might crash if you change the channel. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just waiting for the next thing they update. We're like we're we're praying. Please, Microsoft, don't well, don't you, patch anything. Stop. But the clients, a lot of times, they think it's us. I know, I because know. you know we're the face, and then you go, well, you know, you yeah. got to charge us to fix this. Well, we didn't break it. We didn't break it. <laughs> oh, what do you else? Anyway, you got, Bob? Mozilla takes lead in new push for FCC to reinstate net neutrality. Oh, I know this is one. This is a good uh, one. You love this net neutrality. So. The Firefox maker has partnered with ADT, mm. Dropbox, Reddit, and Wikimedia mm. to push for new net neutrality rules from the federal regulator. Firefox maker Mozilla is, char is leading the charge to get the Federal Communications uh, Commission to restore net neutrality at the federal level. Mm -hmm. In a blog post on Friday, the company announced it is working with other online firms, including ADT, Dropbox, even Bright, Reddit, Vimeo, Wikimedia, to get the agency to reinstate net neutrality as a matter of urgency. Amazing. The need for net neutrality protections has become even more apparent during the pandemic. Amy Keating, Mozilla's chief legal officer, writes in a post. Mm. In a moment where classrooms and offices have moved online by necessity, it is critically important to have rules paired with strong government oversight and enforcement to protect families and businesses from predatory practices. Net neutrality is the idea that all data on the internet should be treated equally. Right. And that the it's not, guys. Data on the internet's all different. And the internet service providers should not be allowed to favor websites or services by providing faster or special access to some over others. It also precludes ISPs like Comcast, Verizon, and AT&T from providing faster access to their own content yeah. Than those from competitors. Have you, Bob? Have you ever driven to Florida? 
Many times. Have you ever noticed when you're going through the Washington area, they've got those high-speed, easy-pass areas where you can be on the regular highway, or you can pay extra to go on the high-speed, easy-pass lanes? Have you ever been down there through the whole Maryland I don't area? have the easy-pass, so I don't get to go on those lanes. Oh, <laughs> but you know that they're there. I see them. Yeah, Actually, so people I've, pay extra. I've made wrong turns and been on them, and then she got charged an arm and a leg by mail. Well, the point is, even our government realizes if you want to pay, if you want a faster service, what do you got to do? You got to pay for it. You got to pay for what you use. And again, these I don't like Comcast or any of these big companies any more than you guys do, but they do have a right to charge you more for your 4K download of the new version of Justice League on your computer. Oh, you versus, mean the new four-hour version? Yeah. <laughs> versus, you know, just watching, you know, Survivor on TV. I mean, the point is, it's their network. And if they do want to come up with a tiered service, why, why do we think we can force them to not do it? Because, again, we do it already on our own highways. And the information superhighway works the same way. So what they want to do is they want to make it so that it costs the same to download a four-hour movie. Right. As it does to send a text message. Which means, who's going to pay for all that? So the We people, all are. The people who don't use the services are going to be paying for the people who do. Exactly. And that's not how it's supposed to work. So I mean, net neutrality sounds so warm and fuzzy. It sounds so nice. To me, it's a mistake. It's an error. Because, again, we already agree that if you want the fast lane going down through Washington, you've got to pay a little extra. So right now we're paying for bandwidth. Right. And we have you have said many times that it's going to come down to where instead of paying for bandwidth, you're going to pay for consumption. How Megabits. much data you download. It's going to come to that at some upload. point. Yeah. And what this net neutrality is saying is that can't do it. That that um the trucks going down the road, the right. semi trucks, the eighteen wheelers, right. are going to pay the same toll right. as the four wheel cars that's driving. As by. your Yugo. Do they still exist? Yugos? I don't know. Yeah. As your smart car, the beach ball of the of the uh, highway. Smart, smart car. <laughs> the ones that look like if they hit the brakes too hard, they'll go rolling oh, over. Yeah. <laughs> if they get tapped by an SUV, they're going to fly off the highway. All right, so that's what's going on with net neutrality. We're going to put everything on um, on our over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com. Mike G will post it live. Please get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We will be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey, one of the MCSEs here at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online. We have three lines open for you on this lovely Saturday morning. And we do appreciate you getting on, or, or we'll be talking about our kids. Let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to Len in Burlington first. What's going on, Len? Uh, good morning. Good morning. So I've been uh, using Norton for a lot of years, yeah. and my subscription is about to run out. Right. But I've heard on your show that you recommend WebRoot, right? I do. We do. Yep. So I'd like to know uh, what are the reasons that you think it's a lot better than Norton? Fair enough. Fair enough. So in our in our uh, practice, you know, we have it running in over nine thousand seats of our client base. So we know it's a successful and and, and well designed antivirus program that doesn't impact a lot of software. I was just talking to another prospect yesterday who was having issues with the AV that he's got on his systems. It's blocking and causing issues for his welding and laser welding software that they use. Um, so different antivirus programs can impact it. And WebRoot has a very light payload. 
It's also process-based. So WebRoot will actually stop processes that it doesn't understand versus having like a virus definition. So we're all going through the COVID vaccine, right? And if you think about the COVID yeah. vaccine, it's a little shot in your arm, and it's a definition of that virus, right? Where that's the one that's being put in your arm so that you can now be immune to COVID-19. WebRoot uh, doesn't need to have a definition to stop the problem. It actually knows that, you know, Len in Burlington likes to run Word and Excel and, and Mozilla and Chrome. So it's going to let those processes run. The moment it sees an unknown or foreign process, it'll stop it. It won't need a definition, right? whereas Norton works on definitions. And so in the case of Norton, you'll need a tanker truck full of vaccine in your arm because of all the different de <laughs> definitions. So that's the reason. Um, we've had good luck with it for many years. Um, however, I do recall when Matt Lauer was still working, um, it was sometime in oh, the holiday season. He, he, I woke up, was having my coffee, and almost spit it out all over the living room floor. WebRoot had shut down Microsoft processes, literally saying that Microsoft operating systems were the bad guy or the problem. So hundreds of thousands of systems instantly stopped working thanks to this error that they made. Because well, the moment that's released, it's pretty powerful stuff. It'll shut it all down. So it's not a perfect. Not, none of this software is perfect. Um, but we've had good luck with it for now. Could we change in the future? Sure. Well, I remember when you were recommending Defender. We used, yeah, well, we used to recommend. I've been doing this for 25 years, so, <laughs> so we probably recommended a lot of stuff. Uh, yes, Defender, yeah. and we. I've never been a fan of Defender, only because it's like the fox guarding the hen house. Having an antivirus that Microsoft is responsible for, considering all the stuff that they've had trouble with lately, you know, it's not my recommendation. Yes. And one of the, if I could chime in on yeah. the on the Norton versus WebRoot also, please, is uh, because Norton is definitions based. It doesn't respond that well to uh, zero-day uh, vulnerabilities, mm -hmm. zero-day threats. Plus, uh, WebRoot is much lighter and it's real-time, so it's updates instantly as soon as they get a, a, a threat detected. And the other thing is with Norton is it adds a lot of other things, an anti-malware and a firewall. Right. And a lot of times this <laughs> firewall, then you have two firewalls running. And when something doesn't work and you need to open up the firewall, you open up the Windows firewall and you, it still doesn't work. And then you do a little more digging, and which takes time. Right. And you find out, oh, there's a second firewall running, which is Norton. So you uninstall the Norton firewall and you find out that, guess what? It says it's uninstalled, but it's not uninstalled. Right. Right. And so then you got to go and find the uninstaller or go digging through the registry to get it off. Yeah. So I'm not a big fan. Yeah, we've been doing this a long time. <laughs> Norton has not been something that we've enjoyed. So, again, it may not be fair. Sold, I think you just sold me a Weber. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, again, it's, <laughs> they're, they're a local uh, you know, U.S.-based company, and uh, check them out. We don't get well, anything for telling great. you to do so, by the way. <laughs> well, I understand. <laughs> I believe that. Great. Thank you very much. All right, Lynn. Thanks for calling. Bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, let's move on to Gary on the road. What's going on, Gary? Hey, good morning. I heard you guys talking about Windows 10. Yeah. And I'm in a I'm in a jam because I've got Windows 7. It's been operating great. Yep. But I've got a QuickBooks that I got to update from 15 to 21. Yeah. And in order to do that, I've got to get on Windows 10. Um, yeah. Can you still do that? 
Can you still what? Upgrade, upgrade? from 7 to 10. We've heard people calling in that they have been able to find a free upgrade from 7 to 10 out there on the uh, interwebs. I would check over at Microsoft. There might be a link for it. Um, so it's anecdotal that I've heard that you can do it, quote, unquote, for free. If we can find the link, we'll put it out there. Gotcha. Um, and in some cases, we've heard you can. How old's your machine, though, Gary? It's a uh, Optiplex 990. Um, it's pretty old. It's like five years, six years. So if the processor isn't at least a Gen 4 Intel right. i5, yeah, i5, and if you don't have more than uh, like four, eight, eight, gigs, eight of gigs of RAM, then yep, I think I would it. invest in a new one. Yeah, you're right on the edge, Gary. Right on the edge. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I appreciate it. It's uh, Should I wait until they get all these patches fixed? <laughs> Whatever is that going to be, man? I don't know. You're going to wait forever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, don't wait. It'll just not happen. Good luck with that. <laughs> all right. Hey, listen, love your show. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you, Gary. All right, guys, we'll be back after this break. Everything's been posted by Mike G over at computertalkwithtab.com. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We are broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page. We fixed the quote-unquote copywritten software that Facebook was complaining about. It turns out one of the tools we were using gave us a license, I thought, to uh, use it the way we were using it. But no, it doesn't. So got to read that EULA. And uh, <laughs> so we we updated it. <laughs> you and, got a week or two. <laughs> yeah, we updated it so that music is gone and you'll actually hear the radio in the background. Uh, so that should solve that problem. But we have, uh, feel free to get online. We have three lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Let's get right to your calls. We're going to be here till 11. Let's go to Joe in Berlin first. What's going on, Joe? Hey, this is Ocean Joe calling on a review of the um, T-Mobile Internet. Yeah, how did it go for you? Well, I got some numbers for you. Yeah. The, uh, I had two or three bars on my five bars. Uh-huh. And that's three bars i had a ping of 35 mm-hmm. download of 226.71 oh nice upload of 43.21 okay that's pretty good speeds that's not bad oh yeah i don't know i can't you know i'm not much i'm a geek with this stuff but uh um, that's okay you know i just want to um, <clears throat> look i mean i have no problem we had four things hooked up to it and it was uh it was running pretty fast all right uh the one thing I caution people about is that um, when you do uh, download the operation, they said you download the app, and I didn't do that, so I wasted two hours because it was calling for the um, password that, that yeah. was su- supplied by the uh, gateway router, and it, it just wouldn't accept it. Without the app? Without the app. So the moral of the story? Read the, the instructions? Story, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the heck was that? Why, why, why does it work like that? It doesn't. Uh, do you know anything about that? I don't know why, but obviously they have a. They want to make sure you log in and connect. I'll bet you it has something to do with security. It could, yeah. Uh, okay. Now, yeah. When, now, Joe, you bought that T-Mobile app for your address or for the Rhode Island address? For Rhode Island. Oh, okay. So okay. what happened was uh, I, I went online and uh, I was able to um, leave two addresses. So when the uh, when it opened up, they would call me. Nice. So in one one week, they called me about Westerly, awesome. and I was able to sign up. And they haven't called me about Berlin yet. Okay. So, 
Uh, yeah, that's about it. Well, the key will be how much data you can use before they um, before they uh, kind of slow your system down, slow your speeds down. We'll have to see how that goes for you. How, how are they going to do that? Well, so there's, ex, there's from what we've heard, you're gonna you could find that you're gonna actually have your data deprioritized after an X number of uh, megabits used. This comes back to net neutrality <laughs> a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so you're gonna have to. You should probably read um, what you signed up for to see how many megabits per month you can use before they start to uh, cap your service. Do you, did you check that out at all or no? Uh, no. That's what we're hearing. Yeah, we're hearing that after a certain quantity of uh, data consumed, it actually gets deprioritized and slowed down. So you might see issues. Well, maybe you won't. I really hope you don't because it's a nice alternative to any any wires at all. Yeah, where did you hear that? Uh, um, another T-Mobile there? user. We have another T-Mobile user oh, out there okay. in Longmeadow who's called in a bunch of times. Actually, since this first came out, he was a beta tester. He's liked the service, but he doesn't use the data, that much data, so it's not bothered him too much. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm not. I'm just there out there relaxing and enjoying myself. So awesome. I so you're not. You're not work gonna... all right. You know, yeah. Good try. All right, good. But hey, well... my neighbor up the street in Rhode Island, um, he does the um, uh, hotspot. Yeah. He doesn't have a router or nothing. Yeah, he just has a hotspot. What do you think of that? I mean, uh, that that doesn't cost you anything, or maybe twenty dollars. Well, month. it's it's going to cost you per month and per consumption. So oh, you're gonna actually, much. you're gonna actually have a usage issue with it, just like anything else. So a hotspot is just gonna charge. They're gonna charge you for the data um, after you hit a certain quantity. So the hotspot can work, but it's only gonna work for you know you putting it out through your your uh, laptop or what have you. Right. So I would okay. use the router and the modem. Okay. Oh, okay, I'm gonna do that then. All right, Jeff. Okay. Okay. Bye. Take bye, it now. easy. Bye bye. Yeah. So that's good. A little report there from Ocean Joe. Yes. He likes his T-Mobile hotspot. Feel free to get online, guys. We have four lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. It's toll-free, so if you're anywhere in the country listening over on the podcast or over on our stream, uh, it's a free free call. It's on WTIC. They're happy to pick up the charge. So do you want to bring up anything, Bob, as we're waiting for calls? Sure. Now that we uh, have solved all the IT issues, yeah. you know, we can go home and retire. <laughs> i got a few more years ahead of me. <laughs> okay. So um, AT&T discontinues sponsored data due to California's net neutrality law. Uh, there now, it is. Now, we've already talked about net neutrality in the previous article I, right. I spoke about. Yeah. So AT&T is ditching its sponsored data service for some of its video streaming apps as a result of California's net neutrality law, uh, which prohibits operators from favoring their own services and content over competitors' offerings. AT&T said in a blog post Wednesday that the state law bans sponsored data services, otherwise known as zero-rated plans. This feature allows AT&T wireless customers on tiered data plans to use AT&T services like DirecTV or AT&T TV without eating into their monthly data allotment. Meanwhile, other streaming video services like Netflix or Amazon streaming do count against monthly usages. I read that to mean that their free services that didn't go into it, they're now going to get charged for. That's how you can read it, right? So now you guys as consumers are going to pay more thanks to California saying you can't offer it as part of you – can't, you can't give the guy – have him pay for the burger and give him free fries. You must charge for the fries thanks to California. So maybe instead of the 
low usage guys paying uh, well, high, that high means that the rate. people that are playing low monthly rates are going to start paying higher. Right. Higher, it'll be more money. Yes, because AT&T for everybody charge for it. Yeah. Oh, then that's 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 really fair. it's not fair for somebody to pay a lower price. We got to make everybody pay more. Everybody has to be neutral and miserable together. So, unfortunately, <laughs> under the new under the California law, we're now prohibited from providing certain data features to uh, consumers free of charge. Right. AT&T said in a blocked post, we have to charge them for it. Right. Thanks, California. <laughs> Given that the Internet does not recognize state borders, the new law not only ends our ability to offer California customers su such free data services, but also similarly impacts our customers in states beyond California. Oh, great. Thanks, California, again. <laughs> The news comes after a federal judge last month said he would not block California's law, which is considered the strictest set of net neutrality protections to date. Man. Surpassing protections that had been adopted during the Obama administration. They're from the government, and they're there to help. The California law passed in 2018 bars Internet service providers from blocking or slowing down Internet access. This was the main part of the 2015 Obama rules. But right. the California law also outlaws zero rating or sponsored data offers, which allows carriers to exempt certain services from yeah. counting against a user's data cap. Again, so, they wanted to build it in into their into their offering. They can't do it. They can't they can't operate within the market. They have to operate the way the government tells them to in this case and that makes no sense. It is what it is, Bob. So, as we have the sign right above our sink, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what that means is when they adopt these rules, everybody's going to be paying more. More. So it'll yeah. be fair. Yes, you'll be all equally. You're going to pay the same thing as a business we'll be pays. equally miserable. <laughs> Let's move on to your calls. We're going to go to Neil in West Hartford. It's going on, Neil. Neil, you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? We can, sir. What's up? Okay. Uh, I've got uh, an HP laptop that's, you know, a couple years old. Yeah. Uh, I've got uh, GoNetSpeed on there. Oh, now you're just going to gloat? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was there for the taking, so. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, my issue, though, is with, you know, I've listened to the show, I got WebRoot for it. Yeah. And eventually discovered that it had Microsoft Defender installed. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was wondering if I uninstalled. Can I have both running at the same time? No, it's not a good idea, anyways. You, you know, yeah. and, we, and we tell you to use the paid antivirus over the free um, Defender. Okay, so if I uninstalled Defender. You would not install it. Defender should automatically notice that a better product is there in front of it. <laughs> and it should automatically turn itself off. Okay. So, um, so because I've kind of disabled WebRoot because I, I know I had two things running. Right. So just kick WebRoot back on and that should be okay? or Yep, just kick WebRoot back on in the security center there. And it should automatically turn off Defender. Am I right, Bob? Maybe. It should. Come on. <laughs> Microsoft's not going to Things fight. don't always work as no, advertised, so sometimes you just should leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, but it should turn it off and get out of your way. Uh, again, uh, I would choose a paid service any day these days. It's, you can't trust the free stuff anymore. Right. And it, but it, it seemed like it was running kind of, the good laptop was running kind of slow. Mm -hmm. That's why I was investigating. Well, yes. Um, 
you know, having two antiviruses running would be an issue. But again, Defender is generally smart enough to say, hey, there's a better product on here. I'm going to turn myself off um, generally. Okay. But Bob's in the field more than I am, so that's why I asked Bob. So another well, thing that happens, when you, when you uh, turn on your computer or uh, log in for the first time, yeah. uh, one of the things that happens is your antivirus, regardless of who makes it, typically will start a scan, which could slow down your system. Uh, right. for uh, usually about 10 to 15 minutes. So what I tell people is when you turn on your computer, log in, and go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, there's that. He's right. And you can also change when you set the scans, too. So you could always go into your web root configurations and tell it to not scan during your busy times and have it scan okay. off hours. So if it is performing the scan during that, that could tr cause trouble. But if you like Will coffee, it? there's an option for you. Oh, sure, I like coffee. <laughs> uh, Will it scan when the computer is shut down? Doesn't work when it's off, nope. Okay. okay. I mean, that would be a great trick. <laughs> but it's a fair that, question. It's a fair what? question, though, because we get these calls. You know, we're not making fun of you, but it's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> the computer doesn't work when yeah, it's off. Well, I that's like so. we get a lot of customers that ask, well, can I log in in my computer if it's off? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just stuff you just makes you go hmm. Um, the same thing. Backups, guys. Just so you know, backups don't work when the computer's off. Scanning for viruses doesn't work when the computer's off. Okay. Getting getting updates doesn't work while the computer's off. Got um, it. <laughs> but your computer can't be hacked while it's there off. There you go. Ah. It is this at its safest moment. It is at its least trouble when it's off. That is true, Bob. Yep. Bill Gates said that if you want to protect your computer and you never want to get hacked. Don't Keep take it, it out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it in the box. Turn it off. Just one more quick question. This yes, is sir. equipped with um, uh, Ryzen and Radeon. What? What are you talking about? What, is this a chemistry show here? Those are AMD. <laughs> oh, 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 AMD, yeah, AMD, AMD processors. There we go. Yeah. So uh, what do you think of those two things? Well, they're good competitors to, to Intel. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have enough experience to speak um, intelligently about them. So I would say they've been competitors forever. AMD's been out there trying to battle Microsoft. And in many cases, lately, they've actually, I'm sorry, battled Intel. They've beaten Intel on some performance on their chips. Okay. Okay. So they're a good alternative. Um, with the chip shortages that Intel always seems to have, if you can find an AMD processor, that's great. You, can, you have to have an AMD motherboard, obviously, to, to, to run the processor. Right. Uh, but there are some great, great, um, CPUs out there. You can get comparisons for performance um, online. You can kind of see how these different companies do these uh, CPU tests. We might be even able to find some examples and put them out there for you to look at. Yeah. Microsoft, uh, Intel has a new 11th gen CPU that's just been announced. Um, so that'll be coming out to, to defeat hopefully uh, AMD as well again. But wow. okay. we're Intel people. We're Intel gold with, micro, with uh, I keep saying Microsoft, with Intel. So Okay. You know, we, we move a lot of Intel processors, and that's uh, one of the things that we don't have enough experience with to actually say whether or not you should go to AMD. But it's good to have competition. Sure, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Neil, for calling. Thank you. Bye now. All right, very good. All right, we're going to step out, I guess, for a quick break, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, get back to more of your calls. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. Hey. 
And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We got a couple lines open for you. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Let's try to get a question in before we go to the top of the hour here. Let's go to Dave in Manchester first. So, Dave, go ahead and give us your question. We're coming up against the top of the hour. What? And we may have to take you over. Is that okay? Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Vince. Yeah, what's your question? I got a family member who graduated from college a couple of years ago and closed his laptop with the cover uh, with the device still uh, it went to sleep on him. Yeah. So he opens it up the other day and he can't remember the password. And you know, I'm looking for I'm thinking of buying a password cracker, so I'll ask for a recommendation. But in the meantime, what if I delete the SAM file and or bring in another SAM file from another computer that's similar? Would that screw things up? Yeah, Bob's shaking his head. No, it sounds absolutely. Like screw you don't up. need to do that. And we can't give you recommendations on software to use, but it's out there. Yeah, there are password crackers okay. out there. We've never wanted to give that kind of information out generally. Um, oh, but, see. yes, there are tools out there that you can use to crack the password, unfortunately. Um, Basically, you're not going to be able to find out what it was, but what it will do is it will allow you to blank the password so you can get in and then reset it. Right. That's good enough. Good enough. Yeah, I wish I could give you the, the software information, but it's not probably not a good idea. Uh, sorry about that. Didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, it's okay. Hey, thanks right. for the show. I appreciate it. All right. Good luck, Dave. Yeah, we don't want to teach hey, anybody hey. how to hack a computer. No. Well, <laughs> the, pro the, now, the problem is it's not not that hard. Um, now, of course, if you have an encrypted computer. Now you're talking a whole uh, different story. Right. So you, the password for the operating system is one thing. But if you have an encrypted system, you've bit-locked it. If you don't have the recovery for your key or SOL. As the old phrase without goes. Without a paddle. <laughs> yeah. It is not a good thing. So write these passwords down. Keep them in a password manager, whatever it might be. Because if you nowadays, a lot of folks are encrypting their systems, which is a good thing. Um, so if you lose your laptop, nobody can get at the data. But if you lose the password, you can't get at the data either. <laughs> so keep it in mind. Um, we've actually come across clients who have had their servers encrypted and they couldn't remember the password, and the recovery wasn't put together. And they never the, the the company that set it up that way never gave them the recovery ability. So there was no way to get back after the they lost their encryption password. So keep that in mind. We're going to be here until eleven o'clock. Feel free to get online eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. We are broadcasting live from the hermetically sealed studios here in uh, East Hartford, Connecticut. Connecting over to Farmington, where Matt Soroyce is working feverishly to take your calls. So get online. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 